Welcome back to Morning Trade Live. Selling in stocks has been intense, and few sectors or themes have been spared. Even within tech, the strongest and most compelling narratives have come under pressure. Cybersecurity stocks yesterday making a new low as measured by the hack ETF HACK. Alex Gordon joins us, director of ETF sales at FET, uh, ETF Managers Group, uh, ETFMG. Alex, the home of Hack, welcome to the show. Thank you, Oliver, for having me. Appreciate okay. it. Okay, so what's going on? What do you guys see your clients doing right now in the ETF flows? How are they responding to this market coming under such intense pressure? Sure. So, Hack is the first ETF in the cybersecurity space and is our largest fund. Um, but you know, clearly, uh, any any tech company and, and and ETF is being caught up in the selling at the moment. Unfortunately, uh, the the tailwinds and fundamental story underlying cybersecurity has never been stronger. Uh, as seen in a lot of company reports recently um, from companies like Zscaler, from Palo Alto Networks, um, from CyberArk, really reporting some very upbeat earnings, some very strong sales forecasts and guidance going forward, and we saw nice pops. Yet uh, again. You know, pull back here with the rest of the market. I checked this morning; it was uh, it was positive, and I heard you say in the last second, all of a sudden the market uh, turned red. So, seems like a little bit more of the same as we've been seeing. When you look at uh, the correlation of uh, hack next to the Nasdaq, what do you see right now? Uh, when you look at it next to the broad market, is there hope that uh, some of these specific themes uh, may be able to break apart? Uh, will they always be highly correlated uh, to the broad market? Well, I mean, we certainly hope hope not. I mean, look, when, when we have a broad market sell-off, it's the type of thing that correlations really tend to tighten up. Everything starts to sell off. And, and the, the outside perception is a lot of these companies sort of do the same thing. So the fundamental stories individually, I think, will really prove out over time. But the feedback we continue to get from investors is, you know, when the dust settles on the volatility uh, and things sort of calm down, both interest rate-wise, um, inflation-wise, which clearly is, is what's driving the market, even, even in a, a strong fundamental story such as cybersecurity, that this is the subset of tech that, that investors are most interested in. Um, you know, maybe some other things are a little bit more economically sensitive. It's up for debate whether or not we go into recession next year. Um, but cybersecurity, uh, as far as a budget item is concerned, is, is clearly more of a have to have than a nice to have. And I think that's going to prove it over time and, and be a pretty important uh, part of the story next year. Uh, the Hack ETF, uh, you guys launched around uh, 2014. Is that, is that right? Looks like that's uh, as far back as my chart goes. That's right. Yeah, one of the one of the first thematic ETFs to really uh, take off and, and capture investor interest. But you know, I think the uh, the elevator pitch on this one is, is pretty straightforward here. As we see budgets expanding constantly, um, you know, we see a shift to cloud taking place over the next ten years. We see a very hot M and A market going on right now. So with uh, with valuations having compressed the way that they have, a lot of strategic buyers and a lot of interested parties paying attention to uh, to some of the companies that maybe fall under the radar. Um, and but again, are captured within the hack ETF, 67 holdings. Bay Systems, uh, one of them. Uh, the rest of them pretty heavily covered. Uh, uh, Bay Systems a little overlooked. CrowdStrike definitely not one that's overlooked. We were just talking about it a couple weeks ago on earnings, uh, which I think is an interesting one to to look at specifically because the the market here has lifted the bar so high for some of these businesses where they can deliver uh, huge top line growth still, but and in some cases. Uh, it's less than what it was during the COVID boom. CrowdStrike's kind of bucked that a little bit where we saw some of the sales start to pick up again. Uh, but the broader industry, my guess is uh, if you were to take nine of the top 10 cloud and uh, security companies, you're going to see revenue growth at a slower rate than it was during COVID. How does that affect the long-term potential for a fund like Hack if that addressable market 
just moved so quickly forward during the COVID period? I mean, there's no doubt we saw some of that, and I think that was certainly reflected within the stock prices. Um, but again, I, when you see what the Russian invasion has sort of unfolded here and some of the potential threats that maybe entities that haven't thought so much about cybersecurity in the past that immediately need to focus on it going forward will be, when you think about places like like schools and utilities and critical infrastructure, um, all types of companies and entities here in the United States have been, been affected, whether it's ransomware, just general disruptions. The budgets are going to have to increase, uh, and we really see that as a strong fundamental tailwind for a lot of these companies. You know, again, as I mentioned before, the, the, the outside view is a lot of these companies tend to do the same thing, and there will certainly be uh, some winners and some, uh, some laggards um, and some companies that maybe get absorbed into larger companies, which is exactly why we want to focus on playing this in a diversified way. With, with Hack, you get concentration to the industry itself, um, and hopefully, again, those, those fundamental tailwinds play out through, through the, a diversified approach. Um, but some companies individually may, may fall behind. You're, you're exactly right. The market's also been really uh, specific about preferring profitable businesses. CrowdStrike showed some earnings. There's going to be plenty of uh, companies in this category, though, that uh, still have a negative on the bottom line. Uh, does the index that Hack tracks have any way to filter that at all? Or can, is there a possibility that uh, the uh, index can adapt or that the fund can change rules to uh, uh, adhere to what the market wants at, at any given moment? Uh, walk me through kind of the screening process for how the companies get in. Sure. So it's really more a revenue screen and, and you know, when you kind of factor for mm. companies that will make it in both from liquidity and, and daily trading volume perspective uh, and certain market cap sizes. But it's really skewing to companies that are going to be as pure play as possible. We want to give you as, as pure of an exposure to the industry as, as we can possibly do. So th those rules are devised by our, our index provider, Prime Indexes in this case. Um, so that th those, those questions would really be uh, up to them. We just license the index and manage the fund to, to track that index. Um, but I guess what I will say to some of those unprofitable companies is that clearly the errors come out of, of those in a pretty significant way. Some companies down 60, 70 plus percent. Um, and it's you know certainly been painful for some of the individual shareholders of those companies, no doubt. Um, but you know again, we've the the reason for those elevated valuations to begin with um, was because of the strong tailwinds that we see in the sector. Um, so again, maybe those companies start to turn profitable. But either way, uh, we we want to be able to be inclusive of every public company that that passes the screen and is included in this space. Okay. Hey, Alex, as the uh, director of uh, sales, hopefully you can riff a little bit on your guys' other products for a moment. Just the last point, because as we've seen, uh, the preferences shift here away from some of the favorites of the last, uh, not just the last couple of years, but really the, the last decade of tech. Where do you see people going? We talk about your away fund a lot, uh, the reopen fund, but a lot of these stocks still have had some trouble. It's been really frustrating, I know, for investors to see airlines and some of these that are getting such strong demand right now. Uh, still lag in the market. So where's the money flow going? Uh, what, where do you get the most inquiries right now in your suite of ETFs? Because you guys got a bunch. Sure. So one I will point out that we, we probably haven't talked too much before on any of your programs before, ticker symbol is BDRY, B-D-R-Y. Ah, yeah. um, that fund is is, uh, is targeting the dry bulk industry, uh, giving you futures-based exposure to that. So that's a, a bit of a tough fund to sort of um, capture through any individual stocks or, or without, a, without a, a futures license and, and futures trading ability. But that fund has certainly been a, a, a big inflow um, tractor for us because, again, that's a little bit more tied to some global infrastructure 
um, some things that have really gone on here, and those rates have jumped pretty significantly. So that's really what that fund is meant to do, is, is track the rates for bulk shipping uh, in the dry goods space here. So mostly iron ore uh, going you know, from to and from China. So as those that, that reopening starts to unfold here, those rates could jump potentially even more. Hmm. Um, but again, that's uh, that, that's been a, a differentiated return stream from either the stock and bond market. And that's certainly been, certainly been something that uh, investors have been, have been wanting this year. Be dry up 4% today. And uh, trying to carve out a bottom, multiple touches, four touches of uh, the 52-week lows. So holding on so far. Uh, thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. Alex Gordon, Director of ETF Sales at ETF Managers Group, ETFMG.